It's Tom Show with Jared Jesselitis. Oh, yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end part again? Streaming online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. All right, uh, great show for you today. We have a lot to talk about coming uh, off of the, uh, the the weekend here. So, uh, I mean, let's not mess around. Let's go ahead and get started real quick. Oh, by the way, uh, feel free to reach out to the show anytime here. You can always text the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead hotline at 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. All right, let's get started. It is the need to know news if i could just get the button right there we go here's your need to know news all right let's start with the uh, indianapolis colts yesterday they come up short 17 to 16 the eagles sorry the eagles uh score with uh, 120 left matt ryan was 23 of 32 213 yards jonathan taylor with another touchdown to go to uh with his 94 yards rushing so that's back-to-back Pretty good turnout so far. If anybody seemingly has been benefiting from the uh, coaching change, it's it's been him. The loss, though, drops the shoe down to 4-6-1. and one. They're going to host Pittsburgh for Monday Night Football. Currently a three-point favorite are the Colts. Bears get another eye-popping performance from Justin Fields and again come up short 27-24. That's the final down in Atlanta Fields. 14-21, 153 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Also 18 carries for 85 yards. Bears actually owned a 17-7 lead in this one, and then they got outscored. Uh, 20 points uh, for Atlanta there since about the end of the second quarter. They get the W. Bears fall to 3-8, take on the Jets in Jersey on Sunday. The Jets, a 6-point home favorite in that one. Purdue men's basketball enters the AP poll today at 24. The Boilers were one of six Big Ten teams sitting in the AP top 25. IU up one spot to 11. Michigan State stays at 12. The Illini up three spots thanks to that big win over UCLA, although they did lose to Virginia last night. They're up to 16. Maryland is in at 23, us at 24, and then Iowa at 25. Ohio State did get some votes to Atlanta at 28. Michigan fell from 20th down to 29. Big Ten hoops last night. Indiana does beat Miami of Ohio 86-56. The Illini fell to Virginia 70-61. Michigan needed OT to beat Ohio, not Ohio State. Ohio, 70-66, to the final in Chrysler. You also had Maryland with an 88-70 victory over Miami. Nebraska uh, over Arkansas Pine Bluff, 82-58. And Penn State, a 68-56 winner over Colorado State. Tonight in the Big Ten, Iowa will face Omaha. Ohio State's in Maui to take on the 17th-ranked San Diego State. And... 
This is not an error. You ready for this? Minnesota is a home underdog tonight against California Baptist. Let me say that one more time because I, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's truly sunk in for you here, but I, I will say it one more time. It's that uh, the Fighting Illini, or I'm sorry, the the Minnesota Gold Gophers. See, it hasn't even set in with me because it, it makes literally no sense. The Minnesota Golden Gophers. Actually, I'm sorry, they're at uh, San Juan tonight, but still. A two-point underdog now against California Baptist in San Juan Capistrano. <laughs> Purdue women's hoop stays undefeated. They beat Indiana State 77-54. Cassidy Harden, 18 points. That led the Boilermakers. She was 5-7 from three. Team shot 47% from behind the arc. They head to Cancun next. They're going to take on Harvard on Thursday, Florida State on Friday, and Oklahoma State on Saturday. Twin Lakes takes home the girls' IU Health Hoops Classic title. They got a 55-33 win over Harrison on Saturday. Central Catholic takes third. They beat McCutcheon 63-34. Westside downs BC 61-44 to take home fifth. And Rensselaer Central 71, Jeff 25 in the 7th place game. The boys tournament will kick off next week. Speaking of the boys, Faith Christian boys going to kick off their season starting tonight. They host Seeger at 7.30. The uh, Eagles lost that matchup last season to open up their year 61-58, a tight one. Blackhawks dropped their fourth in a row, 5-3 to the Penguins. They yielded 16 goals in their last three games. Not an expert, but that doesn't seem good. Uh, Hawks actually fought back down uh, three in this one, right? So they got to uh, to, to tie it up. And then uh, Sidney Crosby, who had a four-point night, put one in the back of the net with 16, at 16.46 in the third. Penn's added an empty netter uh, a minute and a half later, and that was all she wrote. Hawks head to Dallas on Wednesday. Starting to look like the team we thought they were going to be here in the uh, beginning of the season. NBA action tonight as well. Pacers will host the Magic Blue and Gold, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bulls will host the Celtics as a six-point home dog. There you go. That is today's need-to-know news. Let's get in some best bets. It was a rough week last week. We were riding a three-week hot streak, and then it just all fell apart last week. Wasn't great. All right, but that's okay. That's all right. We're going to have some fun tonight. We're getting after it. You know what time it is. Time for the best bets. Tonight, we've got Monday Night Football in Mexico. Arizona and the 49ers. Okay, so what do we know about this one? One, it does not look good on paper for the Cardinals. Kyler Murray could be sidelined. I don't believe we have a an official resolution on that. I think he is still a game-time decision. We're still not 100% on that, as far as I know. Um, also, popping up as questionable, DeAndre Hopkins. That's not good. Even if Kyler Murray does play, uh, they dropped that new uh, Call of Duty uh, Warzone game this uh, this past week. Never good when that happens for Kyler. If he can't go, it's, it's, uh, it's Colt. Oh, boy. It, it gets worse from there. Marquise Brown still out. 
Arizona could be short as many as three offensive linemen. Starting corner Byron Murphy is out. It does not look good. Um, Craig Wolstad is the ref. Arizona is the second most penalized team. Wolstad calls 48% of overall penalties on the offensive line. So almost half of his penalties come on the offensive line. The highest percentage in the NFL. The Cardinals are number one penalized offensive line in holding and number two in false starts. Oh, it's stacking up. It does not look good. But 10 points is a lot. And here's where it gets a little bit nasty. Are you ready for this? Jimmy G is 1-6-1 against the spread as more than a touchdown favorite. Kyle Shanahan as more than a touchdown favorite, 17-28-1. He only covers 38% of the time. He's an ugly 2-7-1 against the spread against the Cardinals lifetime. Oh, I don't like that. And despite San Francisco being a lot of recent success, Arizona's won 11 of the last 14. Oh, well, what if Colt starts? Well, I'll tell you. Three and six against the spread against backup quarterbacks, losing all three games the last two seasons, including in November to who? Colt McCoy! Oh, I don't like this. Ugh. Some teams just have your number, man. Some teams do. So, with that in mind, can we find something that works out tonight? Yeah, absolutely, we can find something that works out tonight. I think this is a I think this is a run heavy game for the 49ers. I just don't think this is going to be there's not going to be a huge instance of Jimmy G having to throw the football. I like Jimmy G's prop as an under here tonight. He's slated at 247 and a half yards. He averages 241 per game already and he's only hit that once since they got McCaffrey. And that was against Kansas City, which, you know, you kind of you end up having to throw the football a lot in a matchup like that. So already I'm kind of leaning towards that. Christian McCaffrey is never a bad guy to pick for an anytime touchdown score. They also have Elijah Mitchell back. And Elijah Mitchell had been pretty darn good. Since he uh, since he showed back up for the 49ers. Right? He had been on IR, came back against the Chargers last week, 18 carries for 89 yards. I really think they can bully the heck uh, out of the Cardinals' rushing defense. I mean, Cardinals allow 110 yards per game on the ground, 261 through the air, so it's not it's not a glaring difference, but uh, it is a difference nonetheless. I still think that they take advantage of this. Like I said, Jimmy G does not go to that 250 line very often at all. He's only done it three times this season. And again, all those except for one were from before you had Christian McCaffrey. I just think you got two workhorses in the backfield. They can just continue to pound it tonight. That's where I'm at here. Plus, I I just, as much as I hate those against the spread numbers and and the history here, 
San Francisco defense is still sixth in points per game, and they're still number one in total yards allowed per game and number two in rushing yards per game. I just think this Arizona team is also a mess, and they got to get over that hump eventually, right? So Colt McCoy is in, that's one thing. But if Colt McCoy doesn't have three starting offensive linemen, and Colt McCoy doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, that's a big deal. I would monitor what's happening here with those players. If you want to get in on that 10 points, I would monitor that before that happens. Colt's probably starting, but I, I'm more interested in Hopkins. If Hopkins is is uh, out, then it's, it's definitely a no-go for me taking the Cardinals here uh, to cover. The under is also at 43. I feel like I would shade in that direction as well. It's a divisional matchup. We're at a neutral site. We're talking maybe a run-heavy San Francisco attack. And the Cardinals without a lot of their best weapons. So there you go. Those are the things I'll give you tonight. Uh, I'll give you one hockey shot on goal prop that I like. Uh, We're going to go with Backlund in Calgary. Take it it on Philly. Over two and a half shots on goal. Flyers top ten. And one's allowed by Centerman. And uh, Backlund's been pretty good, I think, over the last five here in hitting that. So uh, that's going to be my little backup thing. Don't love it, but I like it a lot. Uh, those are the plays tonight. So I'll take the backland over two and a half shots on goal. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the Jimmy G under 247 and uh passing yards. And I'm probably gonna, I'll, I'll probably stay with the under on the points too. I really want to. I really want to pop off on that San Francisco ten and a half points, but uh, that's a that's a lot. That's a heck of a lot of points. So I, I'm going to back off on that. I'll, I'll stick with some props here tonight. Uh, we're going to take a break, but you hang tight here. We'll come right back, and uh, let's talk some Big Ten hoops. Who did you guys think is the best team in the Big Ten as we enter this Monday? You guys took the poll on our Twitter. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what happened this weekend and take a look at what to expect uh, going forward this week. We're coming right back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Welcome back to the uh, Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 thehammercom You can always get at me on the uh, Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline at 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. All right, uh, I was asking you guys today on the poll on Twitter here, uh, who do you think is the best Big Ten men's basketball team as of right now? Because I kind of got to thinking about this over the weekend. Like, who, who do you put where? It's hard because you've got some undefeated teams, but they haven't played nobody. And you've got, you know, some good teams that have losses like Michigan State. But, of course, they've also got some good wins. So where are we putting our teams here? So I threw out, I thought this was fair. I wish I could have included Maryland, but I really don't think that you're going to vote for Maryland because, one, you don't know nothing about Maryland. I know you don't know nothing about Maryland. Let's be honest. You might know they're 5-0, and but they haven't played anybody. They don't move the needle for you ever. Like, they're not, like, hated. They're not really loved. 
you just, they're, they're whatever. They come up, and then you're like, ugh. So I, I threw out these four. I threw out Purdue, Michigan State, Indiana, and Illinois. I thought these are four teams. Now, again, I, I thought about what to do with Purdue, or could I put in Maryland or somebody else there. I did Purdue because I know you. You probably want to vote Purdue. That's fine. And so where do we put these in the hierarchy? Uh, Purdue at, at the lead at 37.5, Michigan State 32.5, Indiana and Illinois tied up at 15%. Look, this came off a little bit homerish, this poll did. I, I like Purdue. I, I think Purdue is a good team. I think that uh, Purdue will be in that upper tier. I, I think these four teams are the upper tier. Now, there's still a lot to be said of what could happen. Wrong. I'm not saying this is the way that's going to end. But I thought, you know, these the, these are the teams. I, look, I, I would love to make a case for Iowa, but I can't because I just don't think they're going to play defense. I would like to make a case for Maryland, but nothing's sticking out about them just yet because of who they've played. So that's kind of that's where I fell on this. Quite simply put, I just I think the Michigan State Spartans are the top team right now. You look at the resume. You got a one point loss to second rank Gonzaga, and you got yourself a a nine point win over another top five team in Kentucky. You lost to Gonzaga on an aircraft carrier, right? Now, they're going to play uh, on Thursday. They're going to play Alabama, another ranked team. If they get that W, then, I mean, there's no question, right? Talking about two top 25 teams, and we're talking about two top four teams, and they would be 2-1 and one against those foes. You would have to consider them the best team. I don't know how you'd leave them out. If we're being reasonable, I understand. You see Purdue, you want to vote for Yeah, I get it. But there's no doubt in my mind, you know, Joey Hauser and company would be the best team given who they have beaten. I mean, Hauser with Walker, they, they, it's a nice little scoring duo that they have there. And they will get better. That's the one thing about Michigan State that you always hate is you don't want to see them on the calendar in late January, early February. You want them in December. Or right after the break. That's when you need them. They're too good. But I think I got to put, I, I, you have to put them up there. I mean, just compare them with anybody else on that list. Indiana, okay. But what have they done besides just going to Xavier and, and beating Xavier? Absolutely nothing. No tests. Yeah, they look great against Bethune, Cookman, and they look great against Moorhead State and Miami. Yawn. If they want to make a case, they can go out there and beat North Carolina next week, next Wednesday. But even then, even if they eke out like a one-point victory over North Carolina, I still don't know if I put them in front of Michigan State because of what Michigan State has done. i got to be really impressed with that win against North Carolina. I thought Illinois got a little bit of the shaft here. 
at 15% because I think they are better than Indiana. I was not sure about them. All the transfers and everything, I just I, I was I was not sure. But boy, that went against UCLA on a neutral court in Las Vegas. I mean, for Pete's sakes, Terrence Shannon looks like the Big Ten player of the year right now. Averaging, what, 21 points per game? I mean, just stellar basketball. I was I was concerned about how those pieces would all fit together. Now, I know they lost a little bit of juice there against uh, Virginia yesterday, 70-61 to 61 the final. Not what you want to see out of a team that just went out there and won big. They lost the second half, man, 40-31. to 31. Didn't particularly shoot the ball well. They had an off-night shooting. I mean, Shannon was just 4 of 10 for Pete's sakes and, and, and sat at 9 points. I didn't really get to watch too much of that game, but not what you wanted to see out of Illinois. They moved up in the rankings, and I'm sure most of those votes are in before that game. But what they did against uh, UCLA, that uh, that was impressive. You can't take that away from them, that's for sure. So if it were me, it's Michigan State number one. It's the Illini two. I mean, who's the better team right now? Is it Indiana or is it Purdue? Probably depends on what side of the state you live on. But the resumes aren't that, they're just, they're not that different. If anything you have to, I hate to say this, but if anything you progressionally have to give the tie break to Indiana, right? Because they went on the road and played Xavier and won that game. Purdue hasn't left town. Yeah, you got a win over Marquette, which is, I think, somewhat comparable to the Xavier one. But you went out there on the road. Xavier's got a, a bit of a higher Ken Palm rating here, too. You go out and beat West Virginia on the road. Then I think we can change things up here. I hate saying it, but if I were to do the hierarchy based on what we've seen and based on that strength of the competition, I really think you got to go... I really think you got to go with Michigan State 1, Illinois at 2, Indiana at 3, and Purdue at 4. You get you know, you get this win over West Virginia, that definitely changes things. But you know, Indiana, like I said, that's a good road win against Xavier. Xavier's got the 34 number 34 in Ken Palm. I mean, you go out on neutral court and you beat um, you know West Virginia, who was 39th. I mean, it's very comparable right there. You can get but you can get yourself back into that mix. But here's the other great thing about this argument is, you know what day you know what it is? We're, it's November 21st. It almost doesn't matter, does it? But again, it's hard to judge. Who is where early on in the season like this? I wish it was a little bit easier, but I keep on going back to, for me, it stays with uh, Michigan State. I know they got the one loss. Put that losses to the number two team in the country. 
You beat Kentucky. That's great. Put them number one. Uh, who else? Who else has a resume that really that that competes with that? I mean, Iowa for all of its scoring still really hasn't. I mean, they beat up on the same Bethune Cookman team as Indiana did. North Carolina A and T Seton Hall's nice. It's not that nice. Holy smokes, they have a 30, they're a 35 Ken Palm team? It's a little bit better than I thought. Still, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll put my chips there. Michigan State, the Illini, Indiana, Purdue, go Iowa, Maryland, Iowa, then Maryland, Ohio State, Wisconsin. I want to believe in Penn State. And I'm leaving Michigan out here. God, they just look so bad against Ohio. They have that loss. Are they going to be wildly inconsistent all year? It's tough. And Penn State, I want to believe in Penn State so badly. But I've seen this before where they look so good in the non-conference. And then it comes time for turn. It comes time for Big Ten play. And they're going to get their teeth kicked in early. Michigan State and Illinois. And then... They get that little non-con run. You know, we get through the holidays, and then they got to come back. They get Iowa at Michigan, Purdue, Indiana. Uh, if they're for real, you will you will know by you will know by the first week of the new year whether or not Penn State is for real or if they're not going anywhere. But I like their I, I like the I, I like how old and veteran they are, and I also like that they. Uh, too bad shooting threes right now. We're going to take another break. We'll come back. Purdue football. What What was uh, what's this Jalen Graham thing, right? Ugh. Do we still, we still need help to win the West? Is it going to happen? What do we expect? What do we want? We'll talk about it. That's next. You're listening to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. Your thoughts always on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline at 765-447-4080. Uh, make sure you come on out and join us at the uh, Payless Supermarket locations around town on Wednesday for Feed the Need Day with the Newhoff family of stations. Uh, we'll be collecting for Food Finders Food Bank. Uh, you can also donate online as well as monetary donations. Uh, always do a great job. Just like $1. They can turn that into like three meals. So don't think uh, a little bit isn't enough. You throw a five spot down. It's easy to do. 1017thehammer.com. You can actually already get started if you want to. Uh, every little bit is uh, super appreciated. All right. Uh, Purdue football, boy, that was a ride on uh, Saturday. Now, wasn't it? The uh, win over Northwestern, 17-9, was uninspiring, to say the least. Uh, I think you thought that that was a a game you should have had a little bit more well in hand. Where does it all go wrong? Great question. I mean, Evan Hall, good running back. 22 carries for 105. They put in the, the fourth-string walk-on quarterback, Cole Freeman, 9 for 20, 78 yards. Uh, sometimes it can be tough, even though you see a talent level d- diminished at a position like that. You don't necessarily game plan or, or have the ability to game plan for somebody like that. Purdue got you know punched in the mouth early here with the loss of Devin Mockaby. He hits a, a, that concussion protocol. It's a... You know, what Coach uh, said here today, you lost a, a good offensive lineman halfway through that game as well. 
That's tough, but hats off to Kobe Lewis. I thought came in, did an admirable job with 11 carries and, and uh, 42 yards. He averaged almost four yards a carry there. Aiden, 16 and 25, and another uh, inhospitable day, 159 yards, two touchdowns. Well, we all told you there's no way he was going to hit that 300-yard mark with that prop from Vegas. That was insane. Yeah, Charlie with a good day, six catches, 46 yards. He gets his touchdown. Payne Durham, two catches, 30 yards. Um, it just It's a bad weather day. It doesn't let you do everything that you want to do. And you'll just you let Northwestern kind of hang around. You weren't blowing them out. They they did something similar to Ohio State, but the thing was that was also like a fifty mile an hour winds up at Evanston, and they were missing like their top three running backs or whatever the heck it was. So I mean, they had believe they don't have anything to lose. They had believed that they could maybe steal a win here, and uh, Purdue just gave them a little bit too much hope. But it doesn't matter. You come out with a 17-9 victory. There's no no to worry about style points where Purdue was at. You had to worry about wins. And you got it. That was the thing. You did not get the help from Minnesota like you wanted. Now it's up to Nebraska to help you out. You have to win the bucket, and you need Nebraska, who is a 10-point dog, to beat Iowa. And this all could have been avoided. Had you taken care of business, especially defensively, against Iowa? Purdue doesn't and has ceded control of its destiny. Now it is down to that. It's not the only thing we're talking about after this game. I mean, we're talking about Jalen Graham, aren't we? Like, what? That's the biggest argument. The biggest argument coming out of that game is uh, what side do you want of those things? As the INT, I steps for 30 yards and, and walks it in. I was aware that that was a rule. I rarely see that enforced, though. I never see it enforced. But I do know that they put that in there years ago, like five, six seasons ago. And it's there to help make sure that we just do not have any of these uh, you know, scrapes, these cheap shots. We're trying to cut that stuff out, sportsmanship. But I'm not going to sit here and, and call Jalen Graham names. I'm not going to be upset with him for not knowing the rule, maybe. I mean, at worst, I have to ask myself, like, in in a game that's must win for you, you must win this game. Why are we leaving anything to chance? I mean, I'm also an old fogey here, where I I, I don't understand the 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 showboating or anything like that. Uh, uh, people complain when the NFL changed their rules on sportsmanship so you couldn't hit somebody, then lord over them and try to intimidate them after you just try to take their head off. It was a little bit different. It was just a little high-stepping. and was 30 yards of it. 
I mean, I get it. It's the rule. And I saw a lot of fans sitting there, well, you know, kids are just having fun. Kids are just having fun. I asked this. Remember you go back to Syracuse and you had the Payne-Durham penalty in the end zone, the 15 yards? And we all sat here and we said, Payne's got to know better. You can't be doing that. You can't put yourself in that situation where you can cost your team the game with that penalty. So we said that we said that here. What's the difference between that and this? That's my question for the fans. Should both of them know better if we're going to hold them to that standard? I guess that was that was the thing coming out. I don't understand why uh, why why Payne gets a talking to here and then Jalen got a pass and cost your team six points. And Payne arguably uh, cost uh, helped cost Purdue that game too with those penalties. What was the difference? I, that, that's the thing to me. Look, we can argue about the rule. I can tell you, it's probably. I get it. It's a dumb rule. I don't think it always gets enforced. That's the thing that blows my mind that that it finally did get enforced. I've never seen it enforced before, and I feel like I've seen that stuff plenty of times. But at this point in the season, shouldn't we be? Shouldn't we be saying why, why are we? Why, why risking it? Maybe he doesn't know what that rule. Maybe it's so rarely called. Maybe he's not aware of that. That, that is a rule. Not aware that they could take that off the board. I'm not going to lose my mind over it, though. You know why? Purdue won, and that's all that needed to happen. You learned a valuable lesson, and you didn't have to pay the price for it. That That's the end takeaway right there. That's what you should do. Purdue won. It needed to win. We move on. Everybody learns something. It's a free lesson. Take it. Move on. It's a W. We're going to take a break. We'll come back and uh, we'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show with some things we missed and more coming up here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Again, don't forget, we will uh, be uh, taking your uh, donations for Food Finders Food Bank on Wednesday at our local Payless stores. So uh, if you can't get out, you can make a monetary donation as well at 1017thehammer.com. All right, uh, got a couple of minutes here. Let's do things we missed. Uh, Purdue Volleyball, 90th consecutive week among ranked teams, 19th. In the latest poll, congratulations to Dave Shondell and company. That is, uh, that, that's been fantastic. Um, a couple of things here I wanted to hit in, in things we missed. There was news this week, uh, weekend of, uh, DraftKings. Uh, you've heard me talk about them before here in, uh, in some paid in, endorsements. Um, there had been some rumors of accounts getting hacked over the weekend. They have just released a, uh, people were getting into their accounts, locking them out of their accounts, and then transfer, you know, withdrawing funds from the bank account and then siphoning them off to places here. Um, DraftKings had said, uh, released a statement that they've identified less than $300,000 of customer funds that were affected, and they will make them whole again, anybody that was impacted. 
Um, they encourage you to use unique passwords for DraftKings and all other sites and recommend that customers do not share passwords with anyone, including third-party sites, for the purposes of tracking betting information. So it seems like they might be putting some of that on the... Uh, on the uh, you know, there's, there's like Action Network and a couple other places have um, uh, things that automatically take your tickets and, and track your stuff for you. Whatever. Uh, my personal thing here is use the go go into your settings for all that stuff. Put in the uh, the verification the the, the two factor. Take an extra five seconds for them to uh, send you a uh, um, a code and then boom, you just pop it right in. I got like the iPhone. I mean, it puts it in automatically for me. It couldn't be any lazier. So be careful with that stuff, okay? I'm going to throw that out there. Um, also going to throw out this. I-, I love this. So you remember last week we talked about the World Cup and uh, how Budweiser was basically getting so screwed over here because of the last second, uh, Cutters basically banned all alcohol sales uh, in and around the stadiums except for in the private luxury boxes because, of course, the wealthy people Shouldn't have to deal with that stuff. But uh, they will have to do that. So Budweiser's got, like, warehouses full of beer and uh, nowhere to put it, right? Nowhere to go. So Budweiser did something very, very smart. They made this announcement that the winning country of the World Cup, they're going to get it all. They're going to throw a giant party. And I'm I'm just looking at pallets stacked on pallets stacked on pallets. It looks like the end of um, Indiana Jones and uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, where they're storing all the stuff. It just looks, it's a giant warehouse full of nothing but giant red boxes. And that's what they're going to do. I all of a sudden care about the World Cup. Look at me. Let's go USA. What a PR move. And what else are you going to be able to do, right? Try to make the most out of a bad situation. Budweiser are pretty savvy in doing that. So uh, congratulations. Brilliant stroke of genius there. All right, that's going to about do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down show. Uh, we still got shows today and on Wednesday. Despite it uh, also being Feed the Knee Day on Wednesday, uh, we will still have the show at its normal time. We also want to alert you to that uh, boiler, uh, the Boiler Basketball Show, which is normally on Friday, will also be on Wednesday right after the Hammer Down show. Uh, we want to go ahead and uh, get that in place for you here. So, um, yeah, so that, that way we don't really have to come in on our Thanksgiving vacation. be really nice. So we, we're, we're going to do that on Wednesday. So it'll be great leading you uh, into that West Virginia game on Thursday night. Uh, you'll have a show to get you prepared for all of that good stuff. And then some, all right? Don't forget, we always post the shows uh, afterwards on our uh, Facebook and Twitter pages. Give us a follow on Spotify. Give us a follow on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a, a follow on Google Podcasts, uh, Audible, Amazon Music. It's uh, it's all over the place for you here. So make sure you uh, score that. And uh, we'll be back again uh, tomorrow right here at 3 o'clock doing a whole hour of local sports talk here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I will see you.